And so we've been talking about this uh, faith and administration, and we've talked about bringing administration to our life and how the purpose of God is not going to be fulfilled in our lives if we don't put faith and administration together. And that faith and administration is one of the keys to bringing uh, God's purposes and his plans to pass. And so today what I'm going to do is, uh, I'm already on, great. So if, if one of the things I left you the, a couple weeks ago was this thing of if God has a, pl- God has a plan and he's looking for a man. And uh, I know a lot of you women said, and he's looking for a woman. Yes, he is looking for men and women who will seek his plan and his purposes for their life. Amen? And that's who we are. Here at New Covenant Worship, we're not about our plan, but we're about God's plan. Amen? We're not about our ways, but we're about his ways. Can I have an amen on that? That we literally, when we come to Christ, we literally believe that we, give, we forfeit our rights to walk in our own way, and we submit to the Lordship of Christ, and we make a choice to do things God's way rather than our way. My children, when they were growing up, we would, I mean, I, over and over and over, God's way or your own way? God's way or your own way? I wanted to get it deep into their hearts. We can choose to go our own path, and guess what happens when we go our own path? Things get a little chaotic, they get a little crazy, they get upside down, the finances get jacked, relationships get jacked, all kinds of things go crazy when I do it my way. But when I do it God's way, it's amazing how God moves heaven and earth in order to bring things into alignment. In my relationships, in my finances, in every aspect of my life, when I choose to do it God's way, what happens? Heaven comes to earth and things begin to change. Now, it may not change as quick as I want them because we are Burger King and McDonald's specialties. We like, our, we like our meal now and we like change now. Give me that now, now, now. Sometimes it takes a process and we can't allow, uh, allow the, 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 the time element to, to delay our hope or delay what we're believing God for, right? But I talked about last week about, so if God has a plan and he's looking for a man, then I better figure out what God's plan is for my life. And so we've been on this thing about God's plan. And we better figure out what God's plan is for my finances. Amen? Amen. Anybody need God's plan for their finances? How about my health? Anybody need God's plan for your health? How many need God's plan for your marriage? How many need God's plan for your ministry or call on your life? How many need God's plan for your relationships? Anybody got any jack relationships in their family? Anybody got some uh, dysfunction anywhere in your house? Not in the house, praise God. Anybody got any wayward children where you need a plan from heaven on my children? Anybody here got some jacked emotions where you need a plan from God on your emotions and why you let stuff get up inside your crawl and how you act like a demon instead of like a godly person sometimes? No one ever does that. No one ever goes into DEFCON 4. Ah, you liar. No. Let me come over to your house. I've, th- I've threatened for years. I'm going to do a reality show, and I'm going to go to people's house for a week, and I'm going to help them walk through all their stuff. 
I could make millions. To bring the counsel of God into the home and say, man, you're jacked up in your thinking. You're jacked up in your emotions and there's a reason. That's not who I am. Can I have an amen on that? But does anybody need a plan on their jacked up emotions? And I must be in faith and I must have administration. I must get a plan. I must get an administrative plan to to take back the kingdom of darkness and, and to swipe it away from my lintage, to swipe it away from my family tree, to break it off of my family and my life. Can I have an amen on that? And I must do it by getting what God wants. I must know his way. I must know his plans and his purposes for me. What Jeremiah, does it say in Jeremiah? I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Amen. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans of a hope and a future. They're good things. My plan is good. And man, if God has a plan, I am the man and I'm going to have your plan. And I'm going to know your plan because I'm your sheep and your sheep hear your voice. And I want your plan. Amen. Everybody here say amen. I want his plan. Yes, I want his plan. I'm going to get his plan. God always has a solution to your problem. I'm going to say it again. God always has a solution for your problem. God always has a plan for you. No matter how dark your situation, no matter how deep you've went, no matter how much you've rebelled, no matter how many times you've done it your way instead of God's way, God always has a plan. He always has grace extended to you. And he always is just looking for a man to hear his voice and to come in agreement with his plan rather than our plan. Can I have an amen? amen. He always has a plan for you. So a couple of years ago, and this message really took a turn about a week and a half ago, I was ready to come in here and really go into the administrative plan. And we've heard some really good things. Carmen shared some things that have been really, really good. But the Lord, really a week and a half ago, he stopped me in my tracks and he did something in my heart. And so this, this message has turned just a little bit. And I really know that today's message, what I'm going to share with you is a key to getting where God wants us to go. Two years ago, approximately, Denny Kramer, uh, we were, uh, I can't even remember where I was at. If it was here or it was in a meeting or whatever. But Denny Kramer prophesied over me. And he prophesied this, and, and we've made it a huge part of the vision of New Covenant. Realize that the, 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 that the church advances on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And a prophet came forth, and he began to declare something, and we've put that in our foundation. We put it in our vision. We put it in who we are as a church, and we put those things that prophets and apostles see, and we, we, we bring them to the body, and we try to, we don't try, we, we implement wisdom and revelation that comes from heaven amen? amen and this is what denny said over me he said tell everyone at new covenant to get ready he said get ready for a group of believers in this house who will press in to the purposes and plans of god that he is destined us too. I'm going to repeat that. He said, get ready. Get ready for a group of believers in this house who will press in to the purposes and plans. Purposes and, everybody say plans. plans. 
of God that he has destined for us. Not for me. For us. Get ready for a new way. Get ready for a new plan. <laughs> Tell everybody to get ready. No dead weight. No one lagging behind. Go with those who will go with you. My friends, God has a plan. And he's looking for a man. He's looking for a man and a woman who will press in to the plans and the purposes that God has for us. Everybody say us. us. Not me. Us. Amen. Now us, has there is a interdependence that we have. We are not independent Christians, but we are Christians that are interdependent, that we need each other. If you live in independence, you are not in the will of God. That's why you can't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. That's why it's wrong for you not to be here. That's why it's wrong for you not to be in connect groups. You've got to be with God's people. Part of the plan is that we're interdependent, we're interly linked. We're not called to live in independence. We're here to, because we need each other. Amen. So where I want to go today is... When Denny Kramer prophesied, get ready for a group of believers in this house who will press in to the purposes and plans of God that I have for you, that I've destined for you. What is pressing in? And so with that, we're going to start my PowerPoint here. I'm on. Nope, now I'm off. Now I'm on. And so what is pressing in? I started looking at this. This has really been a, uh, there we go. <laughs> okay the way we go around the mulberry bush the mulberry bush the mulberry bush <laughs> pressing in it's one of the reasons i wanted to pray for these three i thank god they're pressing into the plans and the purposes of god for their life but pressing in when denny prophesied that the word pressing in, an, in it's an adjective urgent demanding immediate attention it's crucial it's vital it's critical it's imperative that the people of god press in to the plans and purposes of God. To take action with steadily applied pressure. Everybody say pressure. 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 So steady, steady, steady applied pressure in your finances. It's urgent that you get your finances in line. It's urgent that you get your courage in line. It's urgent that you project emotions in line. It's, it's important that you press in to the area that God has highlighted to you in your life. If it's bringing order in your home or your children, if, if it's your health, whatever the issue that God has already highlighted, we've already talked about in messages, all of you should know, everyone in this house should know the area that God is highlighting. And for me, it's several. But God is really patient. If it's just one, we're cool with one, right? But we've got to press in. It's urgent. There's a reason. God's saying, get ready, get ready. There is a move coming to this city. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready. 
Get ready for a group of believers in this house who will press into the purposes and plans of God that he has destined for us. Say that. Say that's me. I'm going to press in. See, you need to determine that you're one of those people. See, you've got to make a choice that you're going to go with us. You've got to make a choice that, 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 that what he's talking about right there, I want to be that. I want to be one of those people that are not left behind. I want to be one of those people who press in to the purpose and plans that God has for me. Oh gosh, God, what do I do? I got to take this serious. I got to press in. I've, this is of vital importance. I've got to figure this place out for my life right now. This one area that you're dealing with me, I'm going to be that person. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to shrink back. I'm going to go where they go. I'm going to do what you say to do. I'm going to press into that area that you've told me to do. And I'm going to say yes, even though my flesh says no. I'm saying I'm going to say yes. Everybody say yes with me. Yes. Say that's me. That's me. Say that's me. Do you really believe that's you? So what is it that people do who press in? See, I've been so good about talking about what we don't do right. It's so easy to talk about what we don't do right. But what do people do who press in? What are the actions that a man and a woman of God who presses in and does these kind of things, what is it that we need to be carrying in our hearts? Who is this person supposed to look like? Because as you discover the purposes and the plans for you individually, as you obey individually, then interdependently we become stronger. Interdependently we become the church of Acts. You realize Acts is still being written today? The book of Acts is still being written today. I thank God that Paula is going as an intercessor to Washington, D.C. to represent this house, being an intercessor for the nation. And as she gets and plays her part, and she doesn't get into Alger's part, or she doesn't get into Tom's part, or she doesn't get into somebody else's part, but she does what the Spirit of God is calling her to do, man, we begin to cook like gas. We begin to knock on all eight cylinders. We begin to move forward as a church as you individually come to, a, to, to do what God has called you to do. And we take back land. Destroy the kingdom of darkness and we begin to unify and unify and unify to move the kingdom of heaven forward instead of inch by inch or centimeter by centimeter that we aggressively take ground. So it's critical that you get your piece of the puzzle. And you need to be pressing in, not lagging behind, but you need to come with us on an amazing we are on an amazing journey. <laughs> Shaggy. <laughs> I might even take Scooby with me. So what does it look like for people who are pressing in? What do people do who fulfill God's plan for their life? How will they lock in on the one area? <laughs> See, People who press in, they know where to start. People who are pressing into the things of God, they already know where to start. And they start. 
God says, start here. And they say, okay, yes, sir. I will start there. If God says, start in your finances, boop, I start with getting my finances in line. If God says, boop, start with your health, they start with their health. If they hear God, the Holy Spirit, say something different, they start. Everybody say, God says, start here. People who press in know where to start. If it's emotional deliverance, start here. They hear God's voice, and they start where God says to start. And here's another thing that people do. If they're not sure where to start, they always ask for help. They always ask somebody else that's close to them, where do you think I need to start? Oh, dude, it is like glaring at me in the eyes. I can tell you where you need to start. People who press in, they know where to start. We've already talked about that in my previous messages. People who press in, guess what they also do? They say yes. Say yes to the dress. My daughter used to watch that a lot before she got married. Jared got her. She said yes. She said yes to the dress. See, God's people to God. They say, you said start here, I'll I, I say yes. I will obey. See, God's people who are pressing in, they are men and women of the word, and, and they know that when, when Jesus said in Matthew 6, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, they mean it. They mean thy kingdom, God. They, they, they know it. People who press in want the will of God. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago. And they have, the people who press in also have faith. Everybody say, I have faith. I have people who press in believe God has the answers. They believe he has the solutions. They, they, can, they, can, they can see things that are not, and they bring it into the now. They know that there's more, and they see the more, and they bring it by faith into the now. People know there is no way I can accomplish that but God has said he's called me to that. He's called me to affect this city. I see what he's called me to, and I believe it. People who are pressing in have faith to believe God for the impossible. If you're pressing in, you're believing that you are way to make happen yourself. If you in your heart by yourself, it is way too small. We talked about that two weeks ago. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. People who press in see things that are not currently so. So they press in. People who press in have faith. But here's where I really want to spend some time today. And here's where the message began and a change. The people who press in to what God wants they allow God to change their heart. And this is going to make more sense, sense by the time I get done today. But if you're taking notes, you can put in your little note there. People who press in allow God to change their heart. When they discover 
people who press in, when they discover that there's some part of their life that's not lining up with heaven, that's not lining up with the Word of God, press in to allow God to change their heart so that their heart begins to reflect this. See, people who press in really love this. Because this is a mirror of what my life is to look like. And so people who press in, they love this. And they begin to find an area of their life and they begin to go, ooh, my life does not look like that and they allow God to change their heart so that their heart lines up with this rather than the world rather than the way the world doing it just pay attention to with with me just for a second here you just go out speedway uh, down there on three and you just sit and you just watch what the world's doing If your finances are jacked up, go watch what the world's doing with their finances. I promise you, if you somebody else is doing it at Speedway or at the movie theaters or whatever you do with all your money, if you're doing it like the world is doing it, you've got finances are lining up with this. Have an amen. amen. We're going to get to that. <laughs> See, people who press into obeying God, they allow God to renew their mind and they allow God to change their hearts. Now, here's what, where the message began to jack me. Here's where God spoke to my heart. I want to make sure I say it exactly the way God said it to me a week and a half ago because my message went bloop, that way. God told me this. He said, ask, ask God to change your heart before you ask them to obey and make a plan. And I went, hmm. Ask the people of God to ask God to change their heart before they obey and make a plan, administrative plan for the area that God is dealing with you. Now, here's where I'm going with this. So several things happened that week. And I had a buddy of mine who I love dearly. He doesn't go to this church. He was an old customer of mine from years ago that I discipled when I worked. He was a customer of mine. And, and he, he met with me for about three hours one night, just broken. And walking through some, some, with a word with him because he's been married and he's been separated from his wife for six to nine months. And I'm sitting here going, my God, you're a lover of God. How can this be? And so we start talking about all the things. He talk, starts talking about all the things that he's doing to show his wife that he loves her. I mean, Eric, I've loved this woman well. Really? Okay. Tell me about it. I've painted every room in the house. I've... Bought her a new house. I, I've, <laughs> I've built a tree house in the backyard for the girls. I've, I've picked the girls up. I've sacrificed them. I've done all these things to save my marriage. And she still says that I don't care, that my work's more important. She's it's like, how can she say that? said because 
heart hasn't changed. You're going through the motions and you're doing all the right things and you're working hard to prove your love, but your heart is disconnected from her. You want to save your marriage without changing your heart. And it doesn't work because she sees through all gymnastics. She sees through all spinning of the plates. And you're imparting what you are rather than what's in your heart. And God said, don't call the people to obey and to do these things out of religious gymnastics and get a plan for me without me first changing their Change your heart, then obey God. Then, give, then you will begin to give out of a changed heart. So what happened to me about two days later, after I met with him, and it's amazing how when you preach something, you got to back it up when you're... <laughs> this is where it gets real difficult and it gets really ugly. And so, it was a Wednesday morning. I met him on a Monday. And I get awoken by the Spirit of God about 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the morning. Ooh. You're here. God started showing me my own heart. And he began to show me I didn't want to lose weight. I didn't want to eat healthy. He said, you've been getting a plan. You've been exercising. And you've been having a plan without your heart being changed. Is that a question, Lord, or is that a statement? (laughs) Oh, God, you're right. I've not wanted your will. I've not wanted your ways. I wanted to eat what I want to eat when I want to eat it. I wanted to not exercise, and I wanted my pleasure over what you want. Oh, gosh, you're good. And so all the, all the planning and all the administration of weight that makes more sense of why the struggle is so hard. It's so hard because there was sin in my heart. I didn't want what God wanted. I still don't. I'm still going, God, change my heart. I'm repenting and I'm asking you to forgive me. Because again, if I go through the motions of change, and I exercise, and I eat what is right, you eventually fall off the gravy train. 
because your heart's not changed. So God said, Eric, I man, I was crying, and man, you can to the Newcastle at my house. You know, and I've seen it with other people. I've seen it with my sister-in-law a couple years ago. She wanted help with her finances, and naturally with my background and all that kind of stuff, she asked me to help her, and I was helping them, and this is what we do. We here and keep track of your receipts, and we're getting it all ready and getting a plan from God. And we get it all situated, and I start working the plan and stuff. I got the cart before the horse. Now my sister-in-law won't even talk to us. You know why? Tried to change her without her heart being changed. See, she didn't want to spend money the way God wanted her to spend money. You see, she didn't want to change. And I tried to get her to change with first addressing the heart. He warned her and said, you're not going to like me. You're not going to like the ideas that I have for you on your budget. And that was the straw that broke the cabin's back, camel's back. They're behind on their property taxes. They can't pay this. They can't pay that. And, it, and all of a sudden, June comes along, and they're ready to go to the country club to eat dinner. I'm going, let me slap you silly. What are you talking about? You said you wanted me to hold you accountable. Why are you going to the country club and going to spend kind of money when you can't pay your property taxes you're actually going to lose your home but you're willing to feed your gut i tried to get her to obey the word of god without changing her heart are you getting the message if i get you to obey god without your heart being changed you're going to become like a pharisee you're going to have a relationship with rules rather than a relationship with Almighty. Who were the Pharisees? Who were the Pharisees? The religious men of the time that Jesus was pretty hard on. And they were doing the things of the law, but Jesus said, your heart is far from me. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are rules taught by men. See, they were drawing near to God with their mouth. They were regularly worshiping God. Their trees were full. They looked good on the outside. They, they observed everything that a Christian should observe. And they kept the law outwardly. But God requires the heart. And that they have not rendered to God. The Bible says, render your heart, not your clothes. Right? <laughs> I'm preaching on administration right now. 
But even your administration has to be connected to your heart. And then in verse 9, Jesus said, things that come out of the heart makes a man unclean. Out of the heart, evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual... Jesus gives them the antidote. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you're full of extortion and indulgence. You blind Pharisees inside of them, and the inside clean all, i.e., my object lesson. I drug it through last night. And what we're so good about doing in administration is we clean the outside. We get the outside all clean. And Eric looks like he's trying to lose weight. People look like they're trying to restore their marriage. They look like they're trying to get their finances in order. But inside, the cup's dirty. We've got to deal with what's on the inside of the cup first before we make a plan from heaven. Otherwise, your plan will be self-indulgence and it will be for your benefit rather than the kingdom of heaven. Does that make any sense to anybody? The word self-indulgence here is a pretty powerful word. I looked it up and it means excessive or unrestrained gratification of one's own appetite. So really when I look at my own life and I know you look at yours, <laughs> when I look at my finances, you want to know why people's finances are because they don't want to deny themselves and obey for Christ and follow that's why your finances are jacked up. You haven't allowed God to change your heart on finances. You haven't allowed God to change heart on how you view money. You're like my sister-in-law who really didn't want to change her heart. She was just hoping for relief. She was wanting to get the debtors off of her back. She was wanting to get rid of the pressure without the sacrifice, without the commitment. But people who press in allow God to change their heart. See, there's over 2,000 scriptures just on finances in the Word of God. And those who are pressing in and want freedom in their finances, they go find out. They go see Connie. They go see Jeff. They, go, they, they get freedom. Why are people's marriages all jacked up? You want to know why people's marriages are jacked up? They don't want to deny themselves and follow God. They don't want to let God change their heart. They'd rather go through the motions of, you know, trying to make it look good. Rather than allowing God to change your heart. There's a lot of scriptures about a healthy marriage. A lot of scriptures about the word, about what my life's to reflect is so precious. That's why this is so dear to my heart. It's, it's my roadmap to the areas of my life. You know why I know why people, young people, get their lives so jacked up in relationships? 
It's a slow fade when you give yourself away. You know why they're messed up and they, 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 they married the wrong person and all that kind of stuff? Because they don't want to deny themselves and take up the cross and follow God. They want to do it their way rather than God's way. And they don't want to allow God to change their heart. God, why, why do I have to wait to have sex before I get married? God, why? Come on, dude, give me a little. Why is it that sex is the consummation of the covenant? What is in my heart that makes me want to do my way versus God's way? Or I can go through the religious gym, I can put a chastity belt on, I can do all kinds of things, you know. Mine was just don't be alone with Karen. Dear God, I couldn't trust myself. She was beautiful and still is. But I hadn't allowed God to change my heart. When it came to porn, God hadn't changed my heart. Why did I struggle with porn? Because I was had a problem in my heart that wasn't submitted to God. Are you with me? People who press in allow God to change their hearts. Oh, this is good stuff. They clean the inside of the cup first. Then they obey God. Now, some people fake it till you make it, and I understand that. I'm not saying don't obey God. Before your heart's changed, obey God. But really, the honest truth, if you're going to administrate these areas of your life and you're going to get a plan from heaven, you have got to allow God to change your heart. Whether it's your health, your ministry, training of your children, your addictions, your bondages, your emotional jackness, your fear issues where fear is constantly riding you like a pony. God has a clear plan for you. And it starts with getting freedom. It starts with changing your heart. So to get God's plan, I must realize to do what the Word says, I must take up my cross daily. I must follow Him in His ways. And His ways are different than my ways. But people who press in, they choose to follow follow God's ways and they allow God to change their heart. And when I do it my way and when I do plans and things my way, that's when the chaos, the stress, the being overwhelmed and the pressure hits the fan. You know what pressure I'm talking about? The crap hits the fan. Things in my life are chaotic. I'm angry all the time. I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm mad, I'm angry, all the overwhelm, the pressures of life only means there's a part of your life where your heart needs to change. God is allowing you to be miserable because he loves you so much. <laughs> Count it all joy, brethren, when you undergo trials of many kinds because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work in you, Eric, so that you might be mature and lacking nothing. God disciplines those he loves. Endure hardship as discipline. 
No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. In time, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been what? Trained by it. Is God. So I say again, get ready for a group of believers in this house who will press in. Get ready for a group of believers in this house who will press into the purposes and plans of God that he has destined for us. People who press in allow God to change their heart. And they repent. And they turn to him and his word. Here in a little bit, I'm going to And we're going to take a time. I really feel like there's an open heaven here today. He called it a portal. I believe God is convicting you. And there needs to come a repentance. It's much like what happened on that Monday night with my buddy. As he began to see his heart and how his heart was going through the motions. He began to repent. He began to confess his heart. He began to mourn. This godly sorrow began to rise up in him. For me, that Wednesday morning, godly sorrow began to create this sobbing, this, this repentance began to bubble out of me of wanting to get my heart right before my God. Why did the children of Israel wander in the desert for 40 years? Was it not, he said, so that I could expose and show you what was in your heart. And they wandered in the desert for 40 years. Some of you have been wandering in the desert. Some of the destinies that God has put in your heart are, are being held back. Being held back because your heart needs to change. God wanted the children of Israel. He had a plan for them to go through the desert quickly. He had a desire for them to go through the desert, onto Jericho, take Jericho, take all the cities, begin to occupy and conquer. He wanted them to conquer the kingdoms. He wanted to bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth. He had a plan to bless them and to prosper them and to give them a hope and a future, a land that they had not worked for themselves. Buildings that they had not built. Wells they had not dug. He wanted to give the children of Israel. But with the things that were in their hearts, they would rather go back to the bondage of Egypt. And we, my friends, have a city whose maker and builder is God who is calling a people who will press in in this house to the plans and the purposes that he has for us. And there is a people rising up. There is a people, I see it, I, pee, I see it. People are getting serious with their walks with God. He has a plan for us to conquer. So what are the areas in your life you need a heart change. If you would, go ahead and start the music.
what are the areas where you need to confess God to change your heart the altars are open your chairs are open later on as we go through this time of prayer the altar team will be up here to pray with people but right now this is about you getting with God and surrendering your heart to him yielding to his plans and his purposes for your life there's a people who are going to rise up in this house who are going to press in who are going to press in who are going to allow God to change their heart I'm asking you this morning, will you surrender? Will you yield your plans and purposes to God today? Would you surrender your dark heart? business with God right now. God, forgive us. There's an open heaven here this morning. God is doing something in your heart. Allow him to change your heart. Repent. Confess. If you want to come to the altar, feel free to come to the altar. Feel free. Make a move towards God right now. Make a move towards him. Whether that's bowing at your seat, whatever it is, surrender. Yield. Allow him to change your heart. Show him the ugliness of your heart. He already knows it's there. Side of your cup. press in. Have your way. Lord, change my heart. Lord, I confess that I've not wanted your ways. I've not wanted it. But Father, I'm turning my heart to you. Change my heart, oh God. Reach deep within my heart, God. Cleanse the inner part places. Have your way.
Have your way. Way in me. surrender we surrender our hearts you want our hearts God we give you our stony heart and father we ask that you would give us a heart of flesh that we would surrender to your plans and your purposes God by first surrendering our hearts to you God I want your way. I want your way, God. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would forgive us for doing it our way. Father, that you would forgive us for going through the motions without first allowing you to change our hearts. Father, I pray that you would release a spirit of godly sorrow. That, Father, you would break our hearts and that you would be the potter and we would allow you to mold the clay of our heart. That, Father, you would change the desires of our hearts as we submit our ways to you, God, as we surrender our hearts to you. We desire to know your ways. So, Father, I confess my sin of not wanting your way. You know the areas. I'm sorry, God. I surrender. I'm sorry, God. I confess my selfishness my self-gratification, oh God. I want to know you more, God. Lord, we surrender today. Lord, you're, you're raising up a people in this house who will press in to the plans and purposes that you have for them. And Father, we want to have a clean heart. We want to have a pure heart. Like the psalmist, David, Father, create in us a clean heart, a pure heart. Renew a right spirit within us. rushing wind, God. Lord, as we confess, as we repent, Father, I thank you for filling us up. Filling us up with faith. Filling us up with hope. Knowing, God, that you have called us to great things. 
that you have a plan that is great. Now, Father, I ask you today that you would even begin to rewire our thinking right now. You prophesied at the very beginning of this service, Father, that you were doing something in our thinking to break off patterns, to break off strongholds. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, as we have confessed, as we have repented, Father, I thank you that even now there is an open heaven, Father, where you're now downloading your grace. You're downloading your changes in our hearts. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for rewiring our circuitry. We've confessed. Now your word says that you are faithful to forgive. And you are faithful to restore. You're faithful to pour in. And so, Father, today as we have released these things to you, now I ask, Father, for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit and your power to make crooked places now straight. The Father, as we engage our will for your plans and your purposes, we say yes with a different heart. We now want to obey, not because we have to, but because we want to. We now can come up with a plan because we want to come up with a plan and we want to obey you. Father, I know that you have plans for every person here. Now, Father, I pray for faith to arise, for our enemies to be scattered, and for new connections in the thinking, new connections in our heart would be made with you now. 